Hello, welcome to Informative Conversations podcast show. Today, we will be discussing one of the most valuable topics for my age group, menopause. And I have the pleasure of discussing it with two of my favorite people in the world. My mentor friend, Joyce Rice, and my God-given big sister, Paula Ann Rook. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, come on now. You know, we talk about a tough subject, but please, and I know it's in the morning, but we're morning people, so give me a little more enthusiasm. Good morning. (laughs) Morning, ladies. (laughs) Good, because I know we've all had our coffee, and in your case, Joyce, you've had your tea. Absolutely. Let's just start by this. Joyce, let me ask you, can you... Just give us just a brief description of the difference between pre, peri, and postmenopause. What 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 are the differences? Okay, um, perimenopause is the thing that's happening, say around the time we're forty until we hit around fifty years of age. I've been reading a lot, say over the past ten to twelve, thirteen years, and it appears that perimenopause is something pretty, like say, fairly new to us. So that's why, as we women it is foreign to us so it turns out it really is foreign because it's something pretty new as far as um to um in the medical realm um uh, perimenopause starts out say around your 40 40s early 40s it's when all of the haziness say as far as uh, let's see i think of as your brain like all the brain haze um it's when all of the hormonal say imbalances are starting out so i'm say from my friends and cousins all the sisterhood that i'm around it's things such as let me give some examples things such as forgetfulness it's as if though you think you're literally losing your mind and i remember um mindset similar to it when i was carrying my kids that's what i can kind of say attribute it to um now menopause comes along now for me it came along for me around 50, 51. And it turns out the thing that we have to measure it by is, of course, our moms. So my mom, she went to menopause say, around 50. She never had a hysterectomy, anything like that. That's something that offsets the number. And so for me, it was great because I learned from her, say, maybe 10, 15 years ago. So by the time I get to around 50 and being on contraceptives, I checked with my doctor and talked to him a bit. And he said, once I stop taking the pill, then I have to kind of wait it out to see, you know, whether or not, say, I have a cycle. And that's pretty much it as far as kind of the differences in layman's terms between perimenopause and menopause. Oh, yeah, you said postmenopause. Yeah. So right now I'm, 50, I'm 53 years of age. So I am in postmenopause because. Uh, from say 50 to 51 when I stopped taking contraceptives that's when my um, cycle stopped and you have to wait say 12 months to see if you have a cycle or not because if you have a cycle you have to start all over counting with the 12 months so by the time I got to around say 51 that's considered after that that's considered postmenopause. say where I am now mm, okay so so and when did you first realize you were experiencing menopause? 
Okay. First of all, you know, like, 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 uh, she said, it depends on whether or not you had a hysterectomy and none of all those things. So around 50, uh, about 52, my cycle just stopped. And before then, maybe two years ago, I thought the night sweats and all of that, the forgetfulness, uh, like I'm losing your mind. Uh, you get, I got mean, you know, and I'm like, oh God, I can't control this. Or I got snappy and I'm like, I can't control this. Mm-hmm. And so those things kind of bothered me. And, 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 you know, of course, like, like she said, you start reading, trying to comprehend what's going on with your body. You know, and then, you know, we have more information than our parents. My doctor, who is awesome, is my age. And so we can talk things out and try different medicines as well. But the funny thing is, I came home from college one day and my mom's head was in the freezer. <laughs> and, now, and now I understand why my mom's head was in the freezer. Because <laughs> when you think your mom is just crazy. Yeah. But she was trying to get cool <laughs> from the hot flashes. And women have some flashes. Some have them in their feet. Some have them in their head, in their chest. There are different places. And the thing about them is you can't cool off. You have to wait until it dies off. You know, you put the fans and stuff on us, but once it runs the cycle, then a lot of us get chilly again or cold again. It's put on a sweater, take off a sweater, put on the cover, take off the it's a little nerve-wracking sometimes, but this is a part of life. Ooh. And as Joyce said, every woman does it different, and you have to go back and check your history with your parents, your mothers, your grandmothers, if they're living, and you can pretty much pinpoint when yours starts and ends. And okay. what I realized talking to sisters my age is it'll plateau out. Mm. Then it'll start again. Again, yes. then it'll plateau out. And right now I'm in the season where it's plateauing out. I'm not having hot flashes. But as I as I read on and talking to my mom, they will pick back up again. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I remember it's, it was two situations. So about seven years ago, I was talking to uh, Joyce on the phone one time. And my son, at the time, he, he was 14. And... <laughs> He happened to walk through the, the hall when I was talking to Joyce and he overheard me say, I think I'm going through menopause. And he said, oh no. I said, and we started laughing. I said, well, what are you, what, what's wrong with you? He said, I thought I'd be gone before you started that. I said, I said, what do you know about menopause? He said, my friends talk about it and say their mom's going through it and they say their moms are mean. And we laughed, right? But then we thought, oh my goodness, is this what our teenage sons are talking about with their friends? Is this hmm. the conversation that they are having with their friends? I mean, these are young men, young boys that we're raising to be men. And this is the conversation they're having about their moms. And and then um, another part was with Ann, I remember one Saturday and my children were away and I was in a panic because I was having very heavy periods. I mean, they were, they were clogs and, you know, with my health issues, I was panicking because I didn't know what was going on with my body. 
and you called me that morning and I told you what was going on and you said, oh, don't worry about it. It's, it's probably just a sign that you're about to go through menopause. This was, this was years later and, uh, you know, a couple of years later. And then uh, I made an appointment with my um, gynecologist and went and they gave me a, uh, a birth control pill that made it stop and it stopped it within 24 hours. So can you imagine the power of that pill? So huh. I know. And so I took that pill for um, the remainder of 30 days. And afterwards, I, I just didn't take it anymore. I, I never had any flows like that. And my cycle stopped for 11 months. <laughs> and on the 11th month, yeah, so you laughing now. That's what you did then. It came back and you laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, no, because, you know, if it doesn't last, well, they say it, that the doesn't last for 12 months, then you go back through it. Or you have to wait for a consistent 12-month period of time. So after that, I may have had one or two cycles intermittently, and I never had any more. But I, but I did warn you, sis. Yeah, you did, and and that's and that's what we're doing on this podcast. We're you know we're 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 trying to get it out to our sisterhood that you know they don't panic. That they, I've had one friend call me, and she was so scared. She said, "I, I was on a, I was out with friends, and anyway, she was out at a function, and, and everybody saw this sign, and she didn't see it, and." she had gone the wrong way or, or whatever but she was so afraid because she said it was if i could remember nothing my whole mind was gone and she was panicking and just like you mm. all had to me i had to comfort her it's okay it's okay yes you know, both of you mentioned um looking back on your parents joyce you were able to discuss with your parent and you were uh, i was able to observe your mother first and then have conversations with her so mm -hmm. I look back over my life and when I was coming up, this was never discussed, but I started thinking about the symptoms that I saw in my mom. She started wearing wigs and she started sweating a lot. I remember her perspiring a lot. I remember weight gain. She was always on the diet. And something I laughed about um, with Joyce is I remember her wearing, start wearing pants with rubber in the waist. <laughs> and, and I remember facial hairs. I remember her shaving. And mm -hmm. but but here's the thing: back then, parents had children at a younger age. And by the time I think, as far as her being mean and those type of symptoms, I never experienced it because we had left the nest. Right. And, and now, Jackie. Also, let me back up, Jackie. I, also, uh, they took they took estrogen, and they. It's against, they don't give it to us now. Yeah, but okay. And so we're going to get to that and hit on that too. But they did, but some of them didn't because they, some of them just didn't know. They they just, they didn't know what was going on to them, going on with them. And it was just a, a, another thing that was happening in life that you took a goodie powder for or something, you know? But I was saying our children, now we're having children later in life. And some of us, much later in life <laughs> and so our children are in our homes when we're experiencing these symptoms like I said the difference was we had left the nest 
and we didn't get to see all that. Plus, we're like you said, we're educating ourselves. We're we're reading more. We're educating each other. And I want to ask you this because I, I've talked to you quite a bit about this. What would you say to the women that that don't want to do anything about what's going on in their bodies and their marriage? I want to say married women. And it can apply to women who aren't married, but specifically, I want you to speak to married women. First of all, the first thing my doctor asked me, again, my doctor is my age. I love her. So we can talk blatantly. She asked me, did I need something for my sex drive? And I said, no. And she asked me about being dry. And so I thought, wow, this is something else I'm not aware of because my it, it, it hadn't affected that part of me. But what I'm going to say to young women is always find somebody a little bit older, more than one person to talk it out with. Mm -hmm. Get your reading information and be, let's don't be like our parents who didn't want to use a cell phone, didn't want to use a microwave. Let's, let's get the information correctly and let's make wise decisions for ourselves because everybody's body is different and everybody's going to tell you not to do this, not do that. But you have to make wise decisions yourself. Some of us are still working. We cannot go to work with hushes and snapping at folks. So that person may have to get a little more help versus somebody like myself who didn't work when I started and working part-time now. But when you're working a full-time job, can you imagine being at work having hot flashes and, and everybody looking at you like you're crazy and you got the gas? That particular woman, whether she wants to or not, will have to get a little more help. Mm -hmm. So I think it depends on each woman and each woman's situation. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Jackie, you you at home, you can cut the air up and down. Uh, I work part time. I I can go out in the car, cut my air condition on for a second. But some women at this age, in the beginning of fifty, are still working a full time job and may need enough, some help. And that's what my doctor was saying. She was talking about different people taking different things. And it, it does depend on your family hit, history. It does depend on whether or not you had a hysterectomy in part or total. All those things count in factors. So that's, it's not good to get any one person one thing because everybody's body is different and everybody got a different history. So the thing I'm going to say is get your help. Whatever your help is, then you get it. Mm -hmm. Because we got to live our best life. And the only way you can live your best life is get all your information and get your help. And the help does not always come from one person. It may come from a ton of people. And that's the best I have. Mm -hmm. Get your help. Mm -hmm. And so on that note, so Joyce, <clears throat> I'm going to say something to you that was very interesting. We were talking mm -hmm. and, you know, for all of us, we know that it, it's the big, one of the big things with it for us women is the shame, you know, and mm -hmm. we are ashamed because you know you can't hold your your urine you frequently urine you like Ann mentioned dryness and low libido and your the loss of hair you know we always joke and say the hair stop growing on your head and start growing on your chin your chin yeah amen <laughs> and you look y'all shave especially in this COVID 19 you shave sharing razors or something like that mm -hmm. you know? Can't go. Keeping tweezers in your car. I said what? Keeping tweezers in my car. Yeah. In my cup holder. 
everything exposed. Now it's like, okay, you got to do your own dance, whatever, whatever beauty treatments we have, we're having to do it ourselves. And so, Joyce, one of the things that was very interesting to me, this is what you said. You said you educated your spouse. Talk mm -hmm. about it. Tell me how, what does that conversation look like? <sighs> As I started to research um, over a decade ago, for me and my relationships, both male and female, for me, it's very important for me to have an understanding, say, say with you being a friend of mine, for instance, mm -hmm. it's very important to me to have a, the relationship as far as to gauge a better understanding of you, say, on, on whatever's going on with you. And then with me, because for me, that's what bridges say, create this huge connection for the two of us. Mm -hmm. So I'm the same, say, in my relationship with my spouse. As mm -hmm. I began to research, it's kind of my normal to share. Mm -hmm. So as I learned, I share it with him. Because, say, early on in my relationship, and this it's just common for relationships starting out, there's a lot of conflict because of our backgrounds, things like that. So over time, as we mature in the relationship, we began to gauge a better understanding of what caused, say, the conflict. Mm -hmm. So by the time I'm around 40, we had been in a relationship about a decade. Mm -hmm. So I had already understood that, okay, the more I share with him, the more he's able to gain a better understanding, say, of what I'm going through uh -huh. so, that, so uh -huh. that he doesn't take say if i'm snappy or if i'm mean or whatever the symptom is mm. so that he doesn't say necessarily take it as personal mm. oh that's good that's good yeah and so for me the more i know the more i'm gonna just put it out there and share and share and share mm -hmm. and that, that's what helps avoid the conflict it helped tremendously avoid say conflict that uh -huh. say just with part of my sisterhood that was, say, older than me, as Ann was talking about earlier, they had already shared with me a lot of the different symptoms and things yes. going on within their relationship. So mm -hmm. I was able to use that. Mm -hmm. You know, that was empowering for me to be mm -hmm. able to move forward. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I remember Joyce uh, downloading and, and printing it and giving it to uh, to my husband. It's like, mm -hmm. oh my mm -hmm. goodness, look, look at this right here. Right. Because mm. visual is important. Yes, that's true. Very true. Yeah. So I'm like, look at this, because as I was like you said, that's very good. As you said, we are we're getting the information. We have to share with them. So mm -hmm. they don't take it personal. You know, right. that I'm irritable, that I'm cranky, or I don't want to have sex, or whatever the mm -hmm. uh the reason is, is don't take it personal. Hello, listeners. Last year. I was introduced to the most profound health technology in the world today, redox cell signaling molecules. Redox signaling molecules are native to our bodies. Every 10 years, we make about 10% less of these molecules. For the first time ever, we can refuse, replenish, and restore ourselves with more of these powerful molecules, helping our bodies move towards health and vitality. To learn more about the most significant health breakthrough that exists today and discover why people are feeling better, why athletes are performing better, and why people are beginning to look younger, visit our website, www.informativeconversations.com and provide your contact information. 
or give us a call at 470-342-3459. And now back to Informative Conversations Podcast. One of the things that um, in, in talking with you all and in talking with other people and, and even, you know, men talking to them, this is, uh, first of all, it's good that you educate them because even in my studies and, and reading about it, they do take it personal. They do mm-hmm. something maybe you turned off from them or you, <clears throat> their mind just goes everywhere because they don't know why all of a sudden my wife doesn't want to be intimate with me and she's snapping at me and mean to me and I'm doing all I can. And I'm going to just be honest, the men I talk to, they just want you to give them some sex, you know? <laughs> they, That's right. They, they, they just want y'all to be intimate, you know? Right. And, and uh-huh. they're willing to work with you. They're That's willing right. to work with you if you tell them. And so some of the people I talked to that finally talked about it, they plan nights for intimacy. You That's know? right. Um, and it may not may or may not be as frequent, but they may not need it as frequent because they're they're understanding, you know. They wanna be there, they wanna stay there, they want to help you. Uh-huh. But on the other side, one of the things, Joyce, that helped me is you, you, you know, you refer books to me all the time and we're constantly, you know, we, all of us are, are readers. Mm-hmm. And you said that I, I want you to speak more to this about how menopause is our second chance to get it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you speak more to that? Um, in reading, you know, that amazing book, The Wisdom of Menopause by um, Christiane Northrup, Dr. Northrup. Um, mm-hmm. In reading that book, I learned in there, it was a very powerful statement. She mentioned that um, menopause is the second stage of adolescence. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me. So that was probably, I don't even know now, maybe seven, eight years ago. I'm not sure. It's been a long time ago when we read that book. And as I read that, I said, oh, my goodness, I started to really, really think about it and really put all of that knowledge into my uh, meditation in the evenings before bed into my prayer. And the more I, I thought about it, the more I started to really see for myself, like what that meant. Day after day in my meditation, in my thought process, I started examining, you know, myself, my own thought process. Mm-hmm. to be able because I was trying to really see for myself like what does this really mean what is she what is Dr. Um, Northrup really talking about mm-hmm. and so the more I, I you know put the thought thought into it I started to see that oh my goodness this is the second stage of adolescence because mm-hmm. by the mo for most of us say by the time we're in the age say of uh, perimenopause menopause at least menopause most of right. us say you know, our parents, if they're still on the earth, they're, they're aging and ailing. Mm-hmm. So that's another part of, say, the stressors in our life. Mm-hmm. Our yeah. children, our children mm-hmm. are, are like uh, young adults, pretty much. That's another stressor because there's mm-hmm. a totally difference between mothering or parenting a young adult versus, say, even when they were teens or preteens. Our relationships, we've been in them, say, for a, a long time, at least a decade or so our relationships are going through another stage because our spouses are having their stressors of their state. Their parents are ailing. Um, Your parents are ailing. And so it's all of these stressors, all of these stressors that are coming up that are brand new. 
So yeah. when stressors are coming up into our lives that are brand new, we don't, the reason we're struggling so much is because they're new. Mm -hmm. Right. So sometimes mm -hmm. we're think we're literally going crazy. We're not mm -hmm. going crazy. It's just that all these things are coming up. They're brand new. So we don't have the tools. We haven't developed the skill sets to deal with them yet. Mm -hmm. So that's, good. that's what it made me start thinking about like adolescence. So mm -hmm. even in my twenties, mm -hmm. say being a way back, say being a young mother, say at the age of, you know, I married back then at 25, had a first kid at 27. And I started thinking back to say my journey of maturing, say as a wife, mm. uh, maturing as a That's young good. mother. Mm -hmm. yes. And so then I was able to relate the two, say as far as all those new things that were coming up were causing stressors. Stressors mm. then cause hormonal imbalances. Mm -hmm. And then right. I say, okay, this is, I say, um, Dr. Northrup is on to something because that's exactly right. So as we're dealing with all these brand new things, we're able to relate, say, between being the young mother, the young wife, the the young sister, the young friend or whatever, versus now we're this older, mature, even our spiritual life, everything has matured. Mm -hmm. But still, as these new things are coming into our being, we're we're just like literally feeling like we're spinning out of control. Mm -hmm. So for me, I remember having the conversation with you as I was going through my like prayer process. That's mm -hmm. how it came up that, oh, wow. It's the Holy Spirit was able to show me that this is our second chance. Mm -hmm. This is our chance to really get it right. Mm -hmm. This is our chance to really like parlay all of these things happening to us mm -hmm. to be able to really live that simplified spiritual life, you know, that Jesus would have for us. Right. And, and, and thank you. And, and on That's that, I, yeah, it is. And, and it's the truth. And, and here's something else about that truth. That is probably why I, I, I'm going to just say this. That is probably why so many divorces happen because yes. all this time you have been suppressing you, mm -hmm. I'm talking about the woman, mm -hmm. you've been suppressing right. you to sacrifice for everybody. You've been mm -hmm. putting up with things um, that you would not, that you didn't know. It, maybe you didn't have the strength then um, to to leave or to say no, even though you knew you were in an abusive situation, whether physical or mental or in any way, that is probably one of the reasons why so many divorces occur because you didn't get it right in your adolescence back you know back then and now this is your second chance and of course we don't want i'm not speaking to say yes this is the time to do it i, I would never say that because I am, I am for families and and for people staying together. But if you're dying, if somebody's beating you, if somebody is, you know, you've known for years, but now all of a sudden, you're ready to take that step. You because you can't live in it because you're dying in it, and you think all those years before you were going to die outside of it, but now you have a boldness for survival. When I was coming up, we used to say, we used to hear the chatter, people saying, yeah, they all the children gone now. And they just stayed together all those years because of the children. Uh, you know what's mm -hmm. amazing to me? Is That's that right. I still hear that same chatter. Uh, you know, my parents did that. And my mama told me, 
after the kids was gone, her and daddy had to learn how to love each other all over because the marriage was based around raising six kids, getting them through college. Mm. And after we were gone, they had to actually learn how to love each other over again. So mm. I thought that was some good information that my mama shared. She said, don't lose yourself in your children because when mm -hmm. they're gone, you have to find yourself again. Mm. Mm -hmm, that's good. Yeah, that is good, and, and that is true. And I hope that maybe someone listening will be able to talk to their their spouse and say, "Let's learn how to love each other again." You know, if if that is something that you want to do. Some of the things I just wanted to mention a few things that when you do go to a, a doctor, if you're able to do that. And even if you're not, if you can research and get some help, some of the things on a menopause questionnaire were like um, heart flashes, weight gain, irregular periods, shorter or lighter periods, shorter cycles, loss of interest in sex, difficulty sleeping, low mood or depression, decreased ability to concentrate, irritability, night sweats, vaginal dryness, phantom periods, heavier periods of flooding, longer cycles, changes in hair growth, mood swings, easy tearfulness, memory problems, and incontinence. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a little bit of all of them, haven't we? Between yeah. the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, and so, Anne, I, I want to ask you this. One of the big things is the shame. You know, we don't feel pretty. You know, it's I, it's it's the shame of all of you know. My hair is thinning, and, and Joyce, you and I have have talked about this, and you and I have talked about this too. How how you have to go through. First of all, you're older, and and so the clothes that's displayed now they don't look good to you, or it's just some things that you've matured that you just wouldn't wear, and so you you have to find out your whole journey of life what looks good on me what's comfortable to me um just the whole thing and and you know we laugh about this because Anne said you know her husband didn't want her to wear wigs he saw his mom wearing wigs and he just don't want that <laughs> that was right. I mean, that's his that's his pet peeve yeah. and George put it right. It's a second chance to life. This chance is we have to figure out who we are. We're we're the babies are not in the house. So we're mm -hmm. uh, so we're not considered mothers anymore, even though we know we always will be. We don't feel as sexy as we did when we had yes. that 36, 24, 36. Yes. <laughs> and the clothes, I don't I have this thing. If my mama were it, I ain't got no business with it being on. <laughs> That's my little thing. I'm like, if That's my mama good. were it. I don't have, I don't need to be wearing it. If my mama's doing it, I don't need to be doing it because that means it looks good to my dad and, and may not look good to my husband who still think and who still oh, think and want a sexy wife. But yeah. it's finding things that good to you because I know wigs are not good for my, my husband don't like them. I get weeds in my head because I'm not comfortable with my thin hair. I'm not comfortable with shaving it out, doing an afro. I'm not comfortable with braids in my head. But you as a woman have to find yourself all over again. Mm -hmm. And it ain't about your husband. It ain't about your kid. It's about you. Find out what's, what's 
what you can and what you like. Find your style over again. Uh, this season of my life, I'm thinking women 60 are dressing too young, but I don't want to dress like my 80-year-old mama. I have to do me. And doing you is stepping back, taking everybody out of your ears and your head, including your husband. Yes, we need to know what they like and don't like. But figuring out, before you can help him, you got to help you. Figuring mm -hmm. out what's good for me this season mm -hmm. in my clothes and still trying to be the sexy wife, still trying to put a little umph in there where you're not trying to look like the grandma, but still find out what's good for me. And then you can build or take away from that. Mm -hmm. But I tell people I'm looking books and say like, oh, I think I look good in that. Oh, I think I look good in it. And I told Jackie knows I love clothes. So I'm always looking like, yeah, that's too much. That's not enough. And I have clothes that I wore that I call my sexy clothes when my husband going on a cruise that I wouldn't do now that uh, probably a little more risky, but that's just because I'm trying to put some intimacy back in that relationship when we on vacation. But this season, menopause season, you have to find you because it's a hard season. Mm. You're losing your hair. You're getting hair on your chin. And it, 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 as you said, all these things are going on. You're getting depressed. You're getting a gut, you're gaining weight, you're losing weight. You're, it's, I'm like your mama, Jack. I'm always on a diet. Mm -hmm. Trying to figure out what works for me. I try to eat right mm -hmm. and I try to do all these healthy things, but I still have to get back. I have to learn, and it's hard. It is not easy. Learn who I am this season besides a Christian mother and wife. Who mm -hmm. is Paula Ann Carter Rook? Mm -hmm. Period. Period. So many of us become mothers, wives, sisters, big sisters, little sisters, but we lose our identity. So now, and I'm a first lady, so I still lose that part of me. Mm -hmm. Now I have to figure out what do Paula Ann Carter look, who she is, what she like, what she don't like, what can she do, what can she not do. Mm. If age comes along and life comes along, and we have to take a back seat to everybody besides God, and figure out who we are. We cannot make our spouse happy as we are not happy inside. Now, we mm. can fake smile and get our praise on. That's a temporary smile sometimes. Mm. But we have to be, we have to like ourselves over again. Mm. Love ourselves. When we was 20. Mm -hmm. You got love. to be in love with that body, that, mm -hmm. that thinning hair again. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to love yourself like you was 20. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's really, really good. Um, yeah, yeah, that is good. But, but and add to that, what I wanted to say is both of you have uh, helped me to understand that it is a journey. You, yes, you, it is. you don't just wake up overnight. You like we, we keep constantly saying you got to educate yourself. And mm -hmm. the process yeah. is a journey. Um I, I was talking to Joyce, I was saying, I, you know, but when I went, I, I'm gonna tell you the truth, y'all. I have clothes and I have, let's say I have jeans and they have zipper and a button. Well, first of all, you know, because of my hands, they, it's more difficult for me to button. But, but most of the time I pull out the pants that look, they don't have rubber in the waist, but, but what do they call, uh, Joyce, what do they call like the stretch pants? What, leggings? Yeah. Uh, well, yoga not, pants. Yoga pants. Yes. Or, or some something that that i don't have to um button and that's going to be comfortable because in my mind especially when i'm bloated 
in my mind, I'm thinking, I just don't want that around my stomach. You know, (laughs) I just just don't. And that takes me back to when we were laughing about our moms. And um, and Joyce, you said that's probably where that concept came from of creating those those clothes, those pants that look good. Right. But 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 don't have zippers and, and buttons. And and to that note, I was I was looking at how these commercials now. Now I was I was talking to a family member and I and here again that that I was uh, educating about what's to come. And I was saying, pay attention to these commercials. Now when you see these commercials, they say um, uh, bladder leak. They don't say pads. They're mm-hmm. bladder leaks too because they know that it's hard to hold hold your urine. And so they they're there to help with that. And one of them I saw, it's called Nick's. Now I'm gonna tell you when I was coming up, we had and throughout the years uh, on my cycle, we had separate underwear that we wore during our cycles. We called them period underwear. And so we only wore those underwear when it was doing our cycle to keep from messing up our good underwear should we have a leak. Now you can even go to Amazon. They have every kind, they're called um, period underwear or leak-proof protective underwear. And y'all, they come in. One of them is called Nix.com, K-N-I-X. They come in, uh, they come in thongs. I mean. Wow. Yes. <laughs> they come in, I'm like it all these years and we going through this, but they are called period underwear and they are for for leaks and for all the things that we had our separate underwear for. So I always say, pay attention to what you're seeing instead of, um, uh, for, for, for example, they have what's called Luna pads and that's for sleeping at night and it's for underwear for, it's not the bulky. Depends. Um, yes. Yeah. It's not the bulky depends. They're nice looking underwear for, for you to wear at night. Should you have an accident? And, and on that, I wanted to speak to this because usually by the time you turn 70, you are out of the menopause stage, period. I mean, for a lot of times it, it comes before that, but I'm saying, but if you have a, let's say some, some people have mean spouses and, and they just negative and mean no matter what, and they're, they are critical. And so let's say you have an accident at night. And they just criticize you at your age, you peeing in the bed, you wet in the bed, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it happens. It, it does happen. And, and to us, it's sad, but it does happen. And to that woman, I would just say, get some depends. You know, just, just, just get something. You know, sometimes they're more worried about the, their mattress, you know, um, just get, get, get some depends. Just, just get your own help. Jackie, uh-huh. you remember I, I wet the bed and I called you and I jumped up. It's like, oh my God, Cliff, I wet the bed. <laughs> and I said, get up so I can change some sheets. And he said, girl, you better put a towel in and get back in this bed. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. But being serious, if you have a spouse that really loves you, mm-hmm. that's how they're going to play it out. Honestly, mm-hmm. they're not going to make a big deal about it. You've already expressed that your your bladder is not as tight as it used to be, and it comes from having kids and using your losing your estrogen, which right. is your electricity in your body. 
So it's a normal part. Like you sneeze, you leak, or you cough, you may leak. So, you know, you have to wear, you know, I keep um, pause pads if me and Cliff are traveling. Yeah. Um, oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. Just being intelligent. Uh, yeah. You know, if we're going to go down the road, I'm like, okay, I might need a little help. You know, again, getting your help, whatever that needs. You know, mm -hmm. we're talking about being wise this season. Mm -hmm. So whatever help you need, you have to get. I even uh, told my mama, tell daddy to start wearing the pins because this season he can't be running in everybody's bathroom. Mm. Oh, that's and, good. And uh, my daddy is 80 and he didn't want to. And I'm like, but he needs to start because pride mm. was stopping him. And mm -hmm. once he started, he was okay, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. And, and see, here's, let me say something to that. That is why when I was sleeping in, I think this particular night I wasn't feeling well and I had took some medicine, but that medication knocked me out. And when I woke up that morning, I had wet my bed. And I can tell you, I was so embarrassed. And it was just me and my bed. I was so embarrassed. Now, y'all know it took me years to get my child out of my bed. My daughter wakes up that morning and comes in the room and flops in my bed. <laughs> And she said, you, you being with you, you had an accident. I just looked at her and said, yeah, I, I did. She said, oh, and she got up and got up out of my room. <laughs> but she was looking at me like my grown mama peed in the bed, you know? And, but y'all know, I was still embarrassed and it was just me, but I was embarrassed. And, and I finally, because I thought about what you had shared with me about you, that's what made me say it to you. And after I said it to you, you said, oh girl, you know, that's the kind of stuff that happens and it's okay and blah, blah, blah. You just get up, clean yourself up, blah, blah. Well, since then, I have had many uh, challenges, not in the bed, but but I don't waste time when it comes to going to the bathroom. I'm telling you, I went through a season, and, and that's what I mean by it's a process. I went through a season of running to the bathroom, and if you know, as soon as you get there, it's just like you carrying the child. As soon as you, the closer you get to the bathroom, the more it starts leaking, and the more it starts coming, and. I have been in grocery stores where I have to start pulling off clothes and I'm running to the bathroom because it seems like every time you turn around, you have to go. But back to educating, here's what I did. I educated my son and I educated my daughter and they're young. But the good thing is I educated my son about, because I, I made a choice not to be mean. I just, I told myself, especially after talking to you all, I was, first of all, I just, I'm just not going to be mean. So if I need to take something, I'm going to take it because I don't want to be snapping at my children. And I'm much, much better now, but it took me a minute to get to the, to the point because here's one of the things, let's just say something very, very small has been aggravating you. I mean, small, like, okay, Joyce, we, we talk about this like a box that's sitting in a corner. Mm -hmm. and, you know, you want that, you don't want that box right there in your hallway, but you leave it alone. You're trying to be patient with the people in your house or the person responsible for moving. But then 
when that menopause symptom kicks in, uh, uh, I've been trying to avoid this for two or three days. You still haven't done what you're supposed to do. I want that box move. <laughs> I want it move, and I want it move now. I have asked you for three days. You just in the air, blah, 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 and you have exploded. <laughs> But listen, what I learned about me is if it's really getting to be that bad, why don't I just go over there and pick it up and move it, you know? But it's a menopause thing, you know? I, I had, I, when I calm down, and, I, and here's one of the things I say to people, what has really helped me so much is, and this alludes to what you were saying, is taking time for myself. All in the morning, having that time. For me, it's in the morning. For some people, it's at noon. Some, some people, it's at night. But having that time to myself to just be able to sit down and me and the Lord and start my day, you know, because uh -huh. I use to start my day in my mind and whatever is bothering me when I sit down and have that peace, it I learned it's not as big of a deal as I made it out to be. How about that? Right. Uh huh. <clears throat> okay. So one of this one of the last things is, and we you mentioned this early about HRTs, the hormone replacement therapies that our parents had. Uh huh. And one of the studies, this was in the UK. And it was over 80% of women, they don't go and talk to their doctors, their OBGYNs, because they are ashamed of all the symptoms that they go through. And they don't have a uh, personal relationship like you're fortunate to have and with their gynecologist. And so they're ashamed about telling people their symptoms. And so they go and they do reading and research like we do. Now, Joyce, and they feel like the amount of time that's allotted to them to spend with their gynecologist is not uh, enough time to, to create a rapport where they can get to the point of feeling comfortable to say that. And so Joyce made a good point, she said, when she, Joyce, you said when you go to your gynecologist, you've already done the research and you use that time to ask, you have a list of questions that you want to ask to make right. good, to make good use of your time with the doctor. You already know. Mm -hmm. in, in other words, you empower the conversation. You take, you take the leadership of the conversation and, and ask the questions that affect you personally. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that they give you the information that you need? How does the information from your gynecologist line up with the information that you're reading? Um, it always lines up perfectly. My um, OBGYN is male. Mm -hmm. um, I've been, I've seen, oh, since, say my youngest, my youngest is 22. Mm -hmm. So he's been my OBGYN for 22 years now. Wow. So, and, and, and I've also seen like previously, I say during my perimenopausal years, I used to see the uh, midwife in the office because primarily because she's female. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was able to learn, say from a female up close, you know, mm -hmm. in the, in the say physician realm, 
throughout the perimenopausal years. So just recently, I just started going back, say, to and requesting to see the OBGYN on because I don't need those answers anymore so much, say, like from the woman's um, point of view. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, for me, I always take the lead because for me, I perceive my physician as, say, my agent. So that's someone I'm subscribing to. Um, there's someone that say I'm paying. So he's say he's advocating for me, so to speak, because he's the one that has the expertise as far as, you know, his background, his schooling and, and can say so whatever it is I'm researching, I'm say seeking. He's the one that's able to expound on it. So say before my, um, say throughout the course of the year, really, before say my um, OBGYN comes up, say around the end of the year 2020. So as I'm coming across different things, I'm making a note, say, of, okay, I'm not quite understanding this, whether I'm reading right now, say about hormonal imbalances. If it's some things that I keep reading book after book, but I still can't gain much clarity on it. So that, for an example, that will be something that I will make a note and say, hey, I'm going to check this out within, say, the 15, 20-minute time frame I have with my OBGYN mm -hmm. to, you know, ask him so he can kind of, it's because of the relationship all these years, too. He can, he'll be able to gauge and say, oh, okay, well, blah, blah, blah. This is something, you know, I, I can expound on this to help you better understand. Or A lot of times it comes down to an example would be, one time an example was progesterone mm -hmm. me being on the birth control pill forever mm -hmm. so i was able to learn in that process that it was really progesterone mm -hmm. for me as far as the imbalance goes not so much estrogen as it is progesterone because i lost that say once i stopped the birth control pill mm -hmm. so the example is when i went to him throughout the course of that process i asked him i said you know, help me understand, you know, the, say, as far as, say, me choosing to use progesterone cream versus, I don't know, say, hormone replacement um, therapy, you know, that I, all of our moms were literally subjected to. It was just something brand new. So that's why all the OBGYNs were given them. My mom contracted cancer from it. So I was, I was wanting to hear, say, as far as based on his expertise, what are the, say, um, advantages or disadvantages? So I learned from him that even though I had, say, read or seen different talk shows, women, different forums speaking about it, in my mind, I had gauged from those women that, oh, progesterone cream, it's, it's okay. But it turns out there are two different kinds. There's a bioidentical type. There's just two different mm -hmm. types. And so mm -hmm. he was able to help me understand. He was like, well, the thing is, he's like, if you're a mom, he said, if you're you since your mom contract you know she um developed breast cancer say at 60. so mm -hmm. he said okay if your mom developed hormonal breast cancer he was able to help me understand you've already made up in your mind that nope that's not something you're gonna do right he said, so you definitely don't want to use he said even progesterone cream mm -hmm. he said because he helped me understand even the way it's absorbed into the body he mm -hmm. said it may not be advantageous for you either you know based mm -hmm. on your family history right mm -hmm. wow oh that's good so yeah so the the hormone replacement therapies and like they say it's it's still the most effective but it's the least trusted 
And mm -hmm. the reason why is because of our parents, what they went through and the cancers that were involved with it when they did. And, and that's why in, in my mind, that's why I do everything I can as far as natural over-the-counter remedies and change and reading about changing my diet. One of one of the good books we're reading now is the, the hormonal balance. And I chart myself. And so to keep my hormones in, do all I can to keep them in balance. Sometimes they're out like they're off like the past couple of days. It depends on what's going on in my life. But one of the benefits for me is that. I made a decision in menopause after uh, Joyce, you and I were talking and you had told me about this second chance in life. Mm -hmm. I made a, a decision to be positive. I changed my perspective of the way I saw menopause instead of something that's just bringing me down and pulling me down and looking at all the negative aspects. Just like my health, I made a decision to look for the things that could uplift me, that could give me a cure, and to know that there is hope. There is an expiration date while you're living on menopause, but mm -hmm. like anything else, you have to put the work in. And that's yes. what so many people don't want to do the work. You mm -hmm. have to mm -hmm. do the work. And so with that said, I'm gonna ask both of you to give some encouraging closing remarks to men and women of this menopausal season in our life. And Joyce, I'm gonna begin with you. Okay. I would say to the sisterhood of women, first of all, that we've been conditioned. We've been conditioned to give pretty much our all, our everything uh -huh. to whatever we say seen as our identity since we were young women as far as in the work in the workforce. You know, we put our all into whomever we are in the workforce, whether it's what whatever title that say we're becoming over the years. You know, we go from title to title. We put all this energy, all of this work into who we are at work. I think say as a sisterhood we've got to um, reframe that and we got to start looking at, especially to empower, say, our daughters. We've got to start making it the norm to empower them as the next generation with the understanding that we're, we're not only to give our all, say, into the workplace or, or create these amazing identities in the workplace. That is more important to create these major identities, say, as we are from the inside out, as the mm -hmm. women, as the spiritual women, to be able to, to say, build ourselves from the inside out to yeah. where we're more focusing on that identity versus, and then say, as we do that, then guess what? The workplace becomes, say, second nature. I think it's just flip-flop because of how we were reared mm. so that we don't know any better. But mm. as we're coming to more and more knowledge, that we're learning that, oh, we're supposed to be building ourselves from the inside out. Because, right. I mean, that's what Jesus, that's what he teaches. Mm -hmm. we're, build, we're trying to get out all the carnalities mm -hmm. so that we, we can become more filled and filled with, say, him. Mm -hmm. So, and I would say to, say, the men as the counterparts, I know I have adult sons. 
So coming to that knowledge, say, as far as different spiritual um, aspects, I was able to start, say, as I was learning and on the journey, say, in my late 20s, I was able to, say, start teaching them even as a young age, reframing them, teaching them, say, even say something as basic as little boys, how they see, how they perceive little girls, something that basic mm. to be able to help them learn from the, you know, an early age, mm. like as far as different mm. perceptions, reframe the perceptions. That's pretty much mm -hmm. it. I think that's what's happened to us all of these years that we, like I said, we just didn't know any better. Yes. So we, 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 we've given everything to say our jobs. We've given so much to our jobs that guess what? There's nothing left, Jacqueline. We mm -hmm. talked about it for years. So over time, our bodies uh, literally start to literally break down. Yeah. Yeah. Piece yeah. by piece, mm -hmm. cell by cell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. All right, come on, Miss Rook. <laughs> what I'm going to add to that is, because that was some good stuff, Joyce. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to add to this is, whatever we are going through, somebody else didn't been through, and they survived it. But yes. while you're going through anything, find some good out of it. Smile through it. And thank God that ain't nobody viewing you. This is good in everything and everybody then went. It's, the Bible says nothing new underneath the sun. sun. So mm -hmm. everybody has been through something significant to what you're going through. Mm -hmm. They live through it. Mm -hmm. I think the young generation think everything is, they feel like they're going to die. If this happens, but we need to realize that we're okay. God got us. We can get through it and find some some peace or a smile, just like a rainbow goes across when it's when it's raining. Find some peace through that storm, whatever it is called life. Yes, because it will pass, and this is just it's it's a season, and 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 it is going to happen if you live long enough it's going to happen so thank you ladies thank, thank you. you so so much for your time for your wisdom for your knowledge for your encouragement god bless you both i love you all love you bye. love you too bye-bye bye thank you for listening three of the most important things you can do for yourself continues to be good nutrition exercise, and proper rest. May you be encouraged and empowered during this season of your life. Please don't forget to click the subscribe button and share this podcast with others.